Welcome to Equip This Church, Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Jason Sargent. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. So good to, to be in church this morning. And uh, Pastor Will, our senior pastor, he is in the Timaru this morning, ministering up there. And um, so good to be able to uh, be part of Equippers and, and just part of the, the wider family. And yeah, so let's all be praying for him uh, this morning. Uh, but yeah, those who don't know me, I'm Jason, um, obviously Tammy's husband, um, and we have two amazing children, Sophie uh, and Jed. Uh, and yeah, we've been coming to Equippers now for just over six years, and, and we love, uh, love this place. We love the, uh, the environment, we love the family, uh, we love the connection uh, in the house. So if you're new here this morning, um, I encourage you to do fill in one of those red cards so as we can connect uh, with you and uh, that you know all of that goodness too. Awesome, awesome. Hey, um, so yeah, so just the other week, uh, I was up at Shout and who had a great time up there, those who were here, yeah, it was so good. Who had a great time getting home? <laughs> okay, <laughs> some of us did, some of us did. Um, because, you know, a, a couple of uh, months before Shout, uh, Air New Zealand uh, established a promise with me. Because what they promised was that if I gave them some money, that they would get me home on Saturday around about lunchtime. I'd be able to get home, light the fire, everything would be great, be able to have the evening at home and be here at church the next morning. But who knows, then I get a text on Saturday morning, just an hour away from my flight, saying, I oh, know, we've cancelled your flight. At that moment, that, that promise became disrupted, right? And, and who knows, there's been other promises over the last couple of months, over the last couple of years, which have been disrupted either by COVID or by weather. Just this past week, I promised my children, Sophie and Jed, how are you going to get to go to, through to Twizel and have an awesome holiday with, with, with Gran and Pop? And then on Tuesday, along comes the rain and washes out half the road. Another promise disrupted, gone. And I think that the danger is, right, because this is sometimes what I've done myself, so I'm preaching to myself this morning, that, that we overlay those, those disruptions, those obstacles, those mismet promises in our earthly life with the promises of God. And I'm here this morning to remind us that, that His promise is unwavering, that His promise is a yes and an amen. That, that we don't have to, to let what's going on in, in our world, in our immediate world, disrupt what Jesus is trying to do, what he's doing in us and through us. You see, it reminds us in, in the word, Hebrews 10, verse 23, let us hold tight without wavering to the hope prayer firm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. You know, as we're reminded in communion this morning, as Tammy reminded us that we can hold firm to Jesus, that we, can, that we can trust in Him, that we can rely upon Him, because He knows our every needs, He knows the every desire of our heart, and He has a promise for our life, a promise that came right at the very start of time. And this morning, I just want to remind us of, of a couple of people in the Bible who, who had promises on their lives 
but, but in, the, in the time when they were doing what they were doing, there was a, a couple of obstacles uh, or a couple of setbacks that came up and came up along the way, but, but eventually they got to where they were heading. All the way back in Genesis with Noah. You know, he gets called upon to, to build a boat, and, and that's kind of like just in terms of where he's living at the time, that was a little bit weird in itself that he was asked to build a boat, but, but he got on and did it. And then he, he gathers uh, the, the, his family, he gathers uh, the, the animals, and they, they all go and get on the boat, and, and it tells us that over 40 days it was raining, over 150 days that they were on that boat. Like, like imagine what it would have been like for Noah every single morning for those 40 days, waking up and being like, yep, raining again today. It was raining yesterday, and my Met Service app tells me it's raining tomorrow too. Like, like, imagine what that would have been like, or what that could have been like if, he, if it wasn't for the fact that he was relying upon this promise from God that we read in Genesis 6, 18, but I solemnly promise that you, your wife, your sons, and your daughters-in-law will be kept safe in the boat. Come on, Noah was relying upon a promise that God had established, and that is what got him through each of those days, each of those times he sent out, is it going to be good today? It got him through. And come on, it's the same promise that we can rely upon today. That even when, the, when it seems that things aren't getting better, oh man, well, the, the breakthrough hasn't come yet. The healing hasn't happened yet. The bank hasn't filled up yet. The, the, the end of my exams haven't come, whatever it might be that we're holding on to. Come on, we can trust in God that he's going to get us to the other side. What about Abraham? Takes his son to sacrifice his son Isaac. And here he is building the, the altar and, and readying the fire and he's tied up his son and, and everything's about to happen and, and God comes, no, stop. But, but who knows in, in that moment of, of prepping what it must, hey, this doesn't seem right. The, the circumstances, the situation, what I've been asked to do, it, it doesn't seem right. But again, he was holding on to this promise that we find in Genesis 17:7. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Come on, that, that same covenant, that same promise that God established then is the one that we live under today because it was the descendants of the descendants, the generation after the generation. That is us today sitting here, us today who are online at home today. So good. Because even when it doesn't seem right, that God is still working, God is still doing miraculous things behind the scenes. What about David? Goes out to the battlefield one day. It's like, oh, there's a giant. What am I going to do? I haven't really been part of the army yet. I've just been sent with the lunch with my brothers. But there's a call of God in my life, and then I can go and take this giant. Because I know, because we know it was, I was protecting the sheep, that, that God was with me then. He protected me from the bears and the lions. Surely he's going to protect me from this great giant, this great Philistine who's after the army. And so he goes in, and he, he goes into battle, and he takes down a giant. 
But this is what he, what he said. David, in Samuel 17, 45, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with the sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defied. Come on, there is a testimony in his life that he was able to go back to. Come on, maybe this morning we're sitting here and, and things don't seem right. Things seem like they're impossible, seem like we're never going to overcome them. Come on, let's go back to the testimonies in our lives. Go back to the testimonies that we've heard of God's goodness, of God's promises, that he comes through, that he doesn't forget us, he doesn't neglect us, that it is everlasting love. About Joseph, with his, with his brothers and kind of things aren't, aren't all that good there. He shared some dreams with them and now all of a sudden they're not really on the best terms. And then he, then he goes and he, he ends up getting, having accusations, unfounded accusations made against him, which put him into jail. And then when he's in jail, he makes friends with these couple of guys who... who, who they established this, hey, when I get out, I'm going to go and tell the, the king about you, and you'll be able to get out, and everything's going to be good. Those guys get out, and, and all of a sudden, they've forgotten about Joseph. So again, he, he's been let down by people who he thought he could have relied upon. Thought he could have relied upon his, his brothers and his family. Thought he could have relied upon the friends that he made in jail. But, but eventually, he's released, and he becomes the, the governor of Egypt. But listen to the, to the dream that he shared, and, and, and I believe this is what he was relying upon during all of those times, during those setbacks, during those, those moments of, hey, it doesn't seem right anymore. It says this in Genesis 37, 9. Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I have another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. He knew he was a son of Jesus. He knew he was a son of God. That he could rely upon God, that God had his back. So even, even though things didn't, weren't going right and the, and the people that he'd been, thought he'd been able to trust, thought he'd been able to rely upon, didn't quite come through. Come on, he could still trust in God. He could still rely on God's word. He could still rely on the promises that God had established in his life. What about Paul? See, see Paul had, had persecuted Christians in his earlier life when he was known as Saul. And then he becomes Paul, and, and, and things, a lot of things don't really go too well, right? Like he ends up spending quite a lot of time in jail. Uh, he ends up uh, getting stoned, well, like people throwing stones at him, like... <laughs> but, but being beaten up by the authorities in jail he's in three shipwrecks that we know about like, like things are not going well for Paul in his life and he's bitten by a deadly snake he should have died at that moment everyone around him believed he should have died at that moment but, but again he's relying upon a promise from God. He says this, and Paul says this in Galatians 3.29. If you belong to Christ, 
then you are Abraham's seed, and he is according to the promise. He is relying upon that promise that, that Abraham received, that, that generation after generation, descendant after descendant, had that promise that if they were with God, then God was for them. That their promise was a yes and an amen. And so even though it may have seemed, possibly at times for people like, hey, is this happening to me because of what I did way back then? Did, it, did I somehow disqualify myself and I somehow being punished for, for what I did? No. The promise of God was a yes and amen for his life and the descendants after him. And, and Paul goes on and, and writes most of the New Testament that we know today. You know, that there's power in God's promise on your life. Let us pray. Lord, I, I thank you for every person here this morning. Lord, I, I thank you that, that your promises are yes and an amen. I thank you for, for what you're doing in us and through us, even in this moment. And Lord, as, as we continue in your word, Lord, would, would you just expand our minds? Would you expand our thinking? Would, would you deal with, with some of the lies that the, the, the enemy has tried to get through? Lord, to remind us that your promises are yes and amen, that your promises are unwavering, that we can rely upon you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, we can rely on those, those promises, those promises that have been established through the Word. And so I want to remind us of, of a couple of those promises this morning. God promises life and life to its full. John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and life to its full. You know, several years ago, back in 2019, I was, I was fortunate enough to be able to go on a mission trip to India. And, and just being uh, immersed in, in that culture and just seeing what, what was happening, seeing what God was doing, it was a real encouragement for my spirit. Because, because even though all around that, that people are living in, in pretty tough conditions, right? Pretty tough conditions. Uh, economically, uh, things aren't great. Uh, not great infrastructure around them like we know today. You know, we can go to the tap, we turn the tap on, and it's all good. But, but over there, it's not the same thing. But, but what you saw is you saw a real hope a real joy, a real love in the lives of these young people. You know, you had young, young kids coming up and, and talking about their dream to be an astronaut, their dream to be, to be a pilot, their dream to play football for such and such a team. That, that regardless of, of their living situation, regardless of what was going on around them, that they had hope, that they had faith. The, the story that a young girl over there shared about, about her father being healed from alcoholism. And that she had gone and uh, gone along to one of the, the buses, which uh, Quippers Cole Carter through Cross Culture host over there, and, and, and just started to learn about Jesus, and, and to learn about what a relationship with him was like. And as she learned, she decided, hey, well, maybe I can pray for my dad. Maybe I can pray for my family. 
And then all of a sudden, that healing started occurring and restoration of relationship, restoration of that family started to occur. Because she believed, she believed that the promise of life and life in its full was real for her. That regardless of what was going on, it was real for her. Regardless of the situation, it was real for her as it was for Abraham, as it was for David, as it was for all those people that we just talked about. It was real for her too. And it's real for us here today. That we just have to believe, we have to go again, go after that promise again. He promises to equip us for life. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Ephesians 6, 10 to 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, be standing. Come on, regardless of what we have to go through, regardless of what we face, that as we put on the full armor of God, that we get to remain standing, we get to remain firm, that we're not being taken out. The enemy cannot come against us when we put on the armor of God. Let's have a look at what it is. Stand firm then, with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Come on, this morning we can put on the bound of truth. The, 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 the lies of the enemy coming against us, the things that he's trying to kill, steal, and destroy cannot come come to us because we get on put on the belt of truth, which is the word of God, that we stand on that this morning. For shoes, we put on the peace. And I loved, loved what the shoes used to be back in those days, not like these ones today, right? But they used to be full, armored, protective boots with spikes in the bottom of them that you could stand firm, you could walk through anything. Come on, as we put that on, as we put on the, the shoes of peace, that we can go through any situation, any circumstance. The shield of faith. It's not like you'll see on the Avengers, the little round thing. That's not what the shield is. Now it's the size of a full door. That is going to protect you. The enemy cannot come against you if you've got the size of a full door going in front of you. And then to top that off, the sword. His word. Hebrews 14.2 reminds us that his, his sword is sharper than a double-edged sword. That we can cut through anything. That obstacle, cut through it. That thing coming against us, cut through it. That thing in front of us, cut through it. Because we have the word of God. We have the promise of God alive in our lives. Through all that, we get to stay standing. Life in its full, to be equipped for life. He promises community. You know, one of the, the things about that scripture, as you read it, sometimes there's, there's wisdom in it, sometimes there's promise in it. Sometimes it, it encourages you to live a particular way. And, and I like what Romans 12, 9 to 17 talks about, how we are to live 
our life. And, and if we live this way, that we get to be uh, in community. Romans 12, 9 to 17. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Come on, we were encouraged here to, to encourage one another, to, to love each other, to, to mourn and to, and to celebrate with one another. And even, you know, it talks about uh, to practice hospitality. You know, sometimes I think we can confuse uh, what that was about in, in, in terms of, hey, is it hospitality or is it, is it a social entertainment? Because the whole thing about social entertainment, right, is that we have to, everything kind of has to be perfect. We, we have to have everything set up. We have to have the great meal. We have to have, uh, you know, everything sorted, everything clean. We ourselves have to be in great, you know, uh, ready to host, ready to, to, to put on a great party. But, but what was actually being encouraged here was no, it was about hospitality. It's about just doing life with one another, eating with one another. It doesn't matter what it is that you're eating it, but it's about doing it with one another. It's about doing it with other people who can encourage you, who you can encourage. Regardless of what's going on, even if things aren't perfect in your life, you can still come together and be hospitable. The promise that we get to live in community. And doesn't this sound like our e-groups? Doesn't this sound like our e-teams? Doesn't this sound like our neighborhoods? Doesn't this sound like our workplaces? Doesn't this sound like our schools, like our sports fields, like wherever we may be that we are in community because God established all of these things around us that we could come together to be with one another, to encourage one another, to believe together. God created an abundance of opportunities for us. It's up to us whether we step into those opportunities. He established a church, a network of believers. Acts 2, 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. It's that idea of coming together. Coming together as a church. Being in church. Whether it's here or online. But being connected. Doing church together. Believing together. Encouraging one another. He promises to meet all of our needs. 
Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. You know, as I was reading that, it reminded me of, of that account of the feeding of the 4,000. And those who don't know it, so uh, 4,000 people, but more than that, because that just counted the men, but there were also women and children there that day, had come in to hear Jesus, to hear him preach. And he looks out over the crowd at one point, and, and he says to, to his disciples, we need to feed these people. I have compassion for them. They've come a long way, they're here for a long time, and they've still got to travel home. Let's get food for them. You know, Jesus knows our every need. He knows when we need it, and he'll deliver, because that is his promise. The same promise that applied to Abraham, to Joseph, to David, to Noah, to Paul, applies to us today, because the promise was descendant, to descendant, to descendant, to descendant. Get the team to come and join me, please. He promises to strengthen us. Isaiah 41, 10 to 13. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All those who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for enemies, you will not find them. Those who rage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. I believe there's someone here today that needs to hear that word. It's coming down. It's going to take your hand. Nothing can come against you. What seems like an enemy can't come against you. What seems like it is coming, can't come against you. It's right now. It's holding his hand out. You've got to do is choose, yeah. I'm going to take hold of it too. I'm going to believe too. I'm going to take hold of the promise. Thank you, Jesus, that you strengthen. So here goes the thing. Hebrews 6, 13 to 20. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there is no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the hearers of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain, where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf, become a high priest forever. You know, the thing about an anchor is where you place it matters. 
going boat at sea where you, where you place your anchor is going to matter. You place it on the wrong sort of ground, wrong place, it's not going to hold tight. But if you place it on the right ground with the right amount of rope, the right amount of chain, that it will be unwavering. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Our hope, our hope for that promise sits at the feet of Jesus, sits with him. But, but maybe you are here this morning and there's a promise and you've moved where the anchor was sitting. You've, you've, you've put it somewhere else. You've put the, the hope or the, the trust, the faith into something else. Can, we, can I encourage us this morning to bring it back to God? Bring the anchor back to where He is. Back to His feet. Don't hear me wrong. I know that, that God answers through people often. But are, but are we taking our petitions? Are we taking our needs? Are we taking our prayers? Are we taking our desires? Are we taking our, our, our hopes to Jesus? Are we praying and declaring? Stand with me this morning. And so I want to create a moment where you can take that anchor, bring it back to God, bring it back to alignment with Him, back to alignment with His Word, back to alignment with His promise. Restore that. I'm going to get the team to lead us in some worship. Let that be our declaration this morning. God, my hope is in You. God, I trust in You. God, I have faith in you. God, I thank you for that promise. I thank you that it's unwavering. I thank you that you've not forgotten. I thank you that you've kept on holding on. I thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.